gorgeous listeners. Welcome back to Throwing Shade. Alan, hey, how's it going? Baruch Hashem. Amazing. I'm so excited to hear that. And I am super psyched for our topic today. Um, we are going to dig into Lilith, 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 however you want to say her <laughs> name. She is amazing and she is everything. And I can't wait to learn <laughs> <Wow>. new things <laughs> about her. Especially disagree. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I overblew it a little. It's fine. It's fine. I'm excited to do Lilith. Let's do it. Yeah. So so this is, um, I mean, we've already touched on Lilith a number of times in this podcast. Indeed. We're going to start getting a little bit into it. And I'll just, you know, disclaimer, it'll probably come up again <laughs> in the future, too. This is yeah. not like a. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Yeah, so um, what we're looking at today is something called um, the Oitzar HaMidrashim. So it's, this is a medrash. Okay, Oitzar HaMidrashim. So mm. like a, a collection of extra Torah stories. Right, um, which I should mention at the outset that medrash, the way that the medrash is sort of understood in um, uh, traditional Jewish understanding is sort of like these things are meant to help us understand things on a certain level. Sometimes right. it helps. Sometimes it doesn't help so much. Um, the way I like to think of it is, you know, there's a saying that if you, first of all, it's a huge, uh, huge. Right. An enormous va- body, of, body literature. of literature. Thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, it's not just the Midrash Rabbah. It's not just Aitzar Midrashim. It's not just Tanhuma. It's not just Yalkut sure. Shemomi. It's all, all kinds of things. Covering years and years and years and all kinds of personalities contributing to it. All right. kind of looking into the text and finding those little spaces where things are complicated or confusing and um, and sort of filling out those stories in different ways, right? In, in different ways is the key part of what you just said, mm-hmm. right? Because it's not like, for example, a Gemara where it's supposed to be authoritative. And here's the saying that I was getting to. Right. Is that um, the saying is, if you believe none of the Midrashim, you're a heretic. <laughs> if you believe all of them, you're a fool. Right. <laughs> right. So that's the disclaimer. Caveat for Balance where this is in from. everything. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Um, this particular uh, this particular section is actually taking from a, se- a sefer called Sefer Ben Sira. Um, oh, okay. So, so a book called Ben Sira, which is which is really non canonical. That's correct. not that's not something that's really considered authoritative in traditional Jewish circles of of any kind. Right. It's from like the early Christian period, right? Like, it's not even. You you know better than Consid- me. I don't know. I, I need to look back at this. You you're surprising me with all of this, so I need to double check. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm 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 pretty sure it's from the early Christian period, and it's like a little bit dodgy whether it's like the degree to which it's a quote unquote Jewish text. Even hmm. um, there's some I, if I'm remembering correctly. Well, I the Eitzar Midrashim, which is yeah. a Jewish text, is quoting from it. That's and, fascinating. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, but that should give us some, you know, like this is. Yeah, I'll one check of myself and biblical scholars in our audience, please like tweet at us and let me know all the things <laughs> that I've forgotten since high, since, you know, not high school, from since college and learning college. all that stuff. Um, but cool. Oh, wow. That's fascinating already. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so but this is the origin story of Lilith as we as we understand it. Great. As, Let's bring it on. OK, so um, that uh, when Hashem created Adam Arishain. Mm-hmm. And God created the first person. Correct. At the same time, in the same way, 
as in from the ground, from the earth, right. a separate individual who was a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, this woman's name was Lilith. Mm-hmm. Okay. Immediately after they became living, uh, you know, sentient entities, mm-hmm. um, they began to uh, argue with one another. Shocking. Shocking, to me. <laughs> um, Shocking that there would be gambling in this establishment. Is that Casablanca? The, the words here are Mila Mala Umila Mata. That's going to be something that's very interesting for us to um, di- dissect maybe in, a, in, a, in the next segment. Uh-huh. But um, there are many uh, understandings that this is a, a sexual position argument. Okay, so maybe we, let's define those things real quick. So Lamala and Lamata mean above and below or on top or under and underneath on bottom right yeah. so either this is a sexual position argument or this is mm. possibly a equality non-equality argument mm. um being that they in this account were created in the same way at the same time it's not like one came first and one came second right and so um, so can i can i just double check that um the this midrash this story arises because of again some like weird little grammatical thing that happens in the Torah. Can people hear our cats running around and like <laughs> meowing at each other in the background? It's never quite this loud. Um but um so in the Hebrew when Adam Arishon is being created, um it it talks about how God created a person and male and female God created them and so the so the rabbinical commentaries come in and basically say what um and so the suggestion is in this story that actually there were two beings initially created and there's a bu- whole bunch of ways of understanding that right? right that it was one person but that was um but that was androgynous or there are right rashi says there that um it was one person one you know body mm-hmm. but that there were two faces facing opposite directions on that body right um and uh, uh, and when uh, ultim- ultimately Eve is created, that the female se- part of that body was separated, right, um, by the rib or whatever, right, um, right, yeah. Um, and so this so this is taking a slightly different tack and saying that there were that originally even before that separation of Adam and Chava of Adam and Eve, correct, that there were originally two totally independent theoretically equal mm-hmm. beings created and then they started arguing over something uh, under this uh, they argued argued about mila mala umila mata right great okay right um who is above who's below who's right however you however that's understood again it's understood differently we should okay right so um, who's on top is the big question and who's and who's below Yes, it's part of the it's part of the argument, right? Literally so, and metaphorically, yes. Correct. And or metaphorically, yeah. <laughs> okay, moving along. <laughs> she gets fed up immediately. Yeah. And um, she says the Shem HaMafayrash. She says the holy name of God, mm-hmm. and flies away from the universe. Fr- mm. Flies away from the world. Mm-hmm. She's done. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. No, thank you. I'm out. Mic drop. Um, yeah. and immediately Hashem sends three Malachim after her. Mm-hmm. Um, these malachim, these uh, angelic beings, these messengers, these channels, however you understand it, yep. um, are sent for the express purpose of bringing her back. Mm-hmm. They say to her, either come back, go back to the world, mm-hmm. or accept upon yourself forever 
that every day, 100 of your children will die. Whoa. And rather than come back to the world, she chose the latter. So, um, wow. Right. Okay. And so, so now, and so the... now, wait, let me finish. Okay. So now, if I'm almost done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now, um, what we have is she, uh, she, she gives birth to Shadim. Mm-hmm. And so every day, 100 of her Shadim children pass away. Wow. Okay. The, first of all, just, just a quick, the, the math of that is really intense. You know how many like babies you have to be having a day to be, to have a hundred of them die? <laughs> like at least a hundred, right? Is the answer. Um, that's a lot every okay. day. Okay. I've only, I've done this twice. It was a big deal. Um, okay, great. <laughs> you know what? Let's take a pause yes. and a breather. <laughs> Thanks, Alan. All right, so we've been getting an introduction to the beginning of Lilith, who is this much storied character um, and arises from this this sort of alternative creation story and has is given this choice when she um, objects to the way that she and Adam are kind of are relating to one another in, in some sense. Um, so she either has to come back and hang out with Adam and deal with whatever's happening there or a hundred of her children will die every day. And she chooses the latter, which is fascinating, first of all, that that's the choice that she's given. Um, and secondly, that she that she accepts the one that is clearly supposed to be this huge deterrent, right? Like, I think mm-hmm. the, the, like, God and the Malachim, I, I assume, are going out there with the, um, with the idea that the, the better arrangement is that she just, she come back. But it seems like that situation is just untenable for her. Right. I mean, there's a lot of ways to look at this story. And I'm sort of struggling with myself right now. I'll just list some of them off. Maybe we can figure out the best yeah, path. Yeah, I'd like, love to hear. So on the one hand, you have the what's traditionally a, um, a Jewish feminist argument mm-hmm. of like, you know, rather than deal with this, you know, man and this world and, you know, um, just, you know, I don't care. Anything. Just get me away from it. You I know? know. Those crazy feminists. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, that's okay. That's one thing. Right. Um, the way she is sort of understood and uh, um, uh, later on, I think it explains a couple of things about it because uh, her character, uh, like her, her, her um, yeah, her character as a shade, a shada is... Um, she's going out and killing babies and women giving birth. Mm -hmm. This is her thing. She's feeling, I don't know, scorned. (laughs) You Mm -hmm. know, she's feeling like um, she's going after, first of all, men to create more babies. Mm. And second of all, the women to, um, you know, I don't know, that they should feel her pain or that something, you know. Um, Right. Wait, so she's going after men in order to, I mean, if she knowing that like a hundred of her children are going to die every day, like she's playing a numbers game. Right. So is she, she's, she's seeking out all these different men in order to like continue populating the earth, even with that, that very high bar of knowing that a hundred of them every day will not survive. Are you asking me? Yeah. No, I'm just confirming. Yeah. No, I, I, I I guess maybe I'm asking you, I don't know. Okay. So, but yeah, it's very easy. Let me say this. It's very easy for Lewis. Yeah. To create shading. Okay. 
and she does so, and we could talk about this in another episode, but, um, and she does, she does, so she, so, so she does. Right. And, uh, you know, um, when we say giving birth to Shadim, I'm not clear exactly if it's a similar kind of thing to the way humans give birth. I can tell you one thing. It's not the same Mm -hmm. because we don't get childbirth until Eve. Right. Oh, interesting. Huh. Okay. So, um, uh, I had not thought of that. Right. Okay. Um, so, but we do get children. I mean, it's well, inter- the, 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 chil- the, the only children she has ever. Right. Are shading children. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. not human children. Right. Um, okay. Interesting. And, and so when Hashem and the Malachim, that when Hashem comes and says, a hundred of your children will die every day. Right. It's not like we're understanding like humans understand, you know. Right. And yet it seems like that proposition is trying to tap into some kind of maternal instinct. Like this will happen. And of course you wouldn't want it to. Maybe she just doesn't understand that because. Right. She, Up to that point, it, she's it hasn't not happened had any children yet. Huh. Yeah. That's so interesting. Okay. Well, that doesn't sound so bad. A hundred right. of these children <laughs> things. I don't know. Okay, fine. Right. Let them die. What's is there death? anything like What's this? What's death even? Right. You if there's like, anything like this Adam guy, then let him die. <laughs> like, that's, um, hmm. Uh, so that's one way to think of it. Right. Um, you know, uh, I just wanted to, to, to point that out. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the, so let's go, let's also go back to the argument that she has with Adam about the Lamala and Lamata and it's mm-hmm. like, um, I mean, regardless of there are commentaries, modern and otherwise, that suggest that this really is a question of like sexual position that she that, you know, Lilith wanted to be on top during sex. And I would that may be right? the, and that may be the case. I'm not arguing that. But I would also just like to posit that maybe they're not so separate issues. No, they're definitely not. Yeah. It's OK. A, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is, it is a question of. Um, maybe it's a question of dominance and power, but you, or you could interpret it as a question of just equality and like mm-hmm. having, um, having the, uh, the desires of one partner equally considered to the desires of the other. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but either way, there's something about Lilith's, uh, so, Lilith's not, not getting what she's looking for in that relationship and doesn't see, I guess the, Ah, um, right. The potential for it to, to change ever. Right. So what's interesting about that is that often this is true of Adam in, you know, uh, up until the um, the 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 banishment from the garden. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Chava as well. Right. Often get understood as having in a lot of ways emotional intelligence of infants or toddlers, because think about it. They haven't been because on they the, kind of are right. They haven't been on the planet for they have no right. They and they no, have no older human role models to look to. They're also just correct. kind of figuring this out on their own. Right. And Hashem, of course, is helping them. But like you say, you know, they don't even have belly buttons. Right. Like, um, <laughs> um, um, uh, yeah. So uh, so or maybe they did. I don't know. It depends on your. It's whatever. a design question. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> right. So uh, the, anyway, the reason I bring it up is because Lilith is, you know, what's equality even like what's mm. no, what's non-equality? What's, yeah. um, you know, uh, what is a relationship 
with another human supposed to be like. Hmm. And, right. you know, um, so what's interesting also about that, I think it's worth mentioning, uh, the subsequent relationship. You know, right. When you talk about right. Eve, Eve is not created at the same time. Yeah. She comes from Adam, not from the ground like Adam did. Right. She, um, you know, doesn't get upset right away and flee from the world. Right. Um, yeah, and she's often cast as being much more subservient and a little bit... I, I mean, like, like, look, Lilith is is turned into this demoness character who is, you know, wreaking havoc all over the world and is, you know, very much the kind of uh, ain't no fury like a woman scorned kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and Eve is her literary foil in many ways, the sort of... Um, the, the the good housewife kind of hmm. um, kind of character, um, but I but I also feel like that's not necessarily a fair reading of her, which I've talked about in previous episodes. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, it's a really it's it, it's a really interesting kind of situation, and especially when you put it in the context of like they have no model for any of this, right? And it's all new, but at the same time, it seems like at, from the beginning. You know, Adam Arishon and Lilith seem to have kind of ingrained in them how things are supposed to be, um, or or just minds of their own, right? Like, you know, Adam thinks he should get what he wants, and Lilith thinks she should get what she wants. And well, think think about two year olds, right? Think about I have toddlers. met two year olds, right? Right. The, yes. Mine. Yes. Right. <laughs> no. Right. Um, so that's one way to look at it too. There's yeah. also, of course, another interpretation of hmm. like. They they were fully formed human beings. It's yeah. so so much yeah. so to the extent extent that Adam is given the responsibility of naming all of God's animals. Creations. Right, right. Um, He's elevated to middle management like right off the bat. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, you know, and um, and uh, yeah. So I mean, um, if you go if you go that way, you have the other the other problem of, you know. Um, well, if they were fully formed human beings and they did understand everything that was going on mm-hmm. and Lilith did have complete emotional intelligence, at least enough to n- understand what it was she was doing. Right. Um, then you've created the serious villain. You've created, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the queen of the shading, one of them. Right. Right. And that's, yeah. I think, the more traditional understanding of it. Yeah, I think so, too. Those are radically different readings of the whole story, um, mm-hmm. whether you consider Lilith to be like a toddler, to be <laughs> like mm-hmm. a fully fledged human being, um, to be like a, you know, prototypical femis- feminist or to be a, you know, a, a, a true demoness. Right. Um, and, and, and what's interesting about that, if you do look at it the traditional way is um, and this is very problematic for feminists, I think, but um, you have. Hashem tried it to do it equally first, right? Yeah. He tried it the, tried it the first way to do it equally. And right. it was humans, specifically the female right. human. And it just doesn't who work. Messed it up. It just doesn't work. We tried it. it tr- we did it this one time. <laughs> we have this anecdote. It's not going to work again. We're just not going to do that. Yeah. So it's a problem. Yeah. No, it's, it's very problematic. I mean, if that's the reading that you choose and then you kind of follow that forward naturally through the rest of the text, then... For sure. Anybody looking to establish more equity and equality in the, um, you know, among the genders and in Judaism like that, that's a that is a a problematic origin story to be dealing with for sure. 
And so rather than deal with it, let's take a break. (laughs) Are you serious? (laughs) All right. Okay. So, Alan, I shall not forgive you for cutting off that conversation. (laughs) We only have so long in the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I've heard the time limit thing before. But we will continue (laughs) it another time. And um, in the meantime, we have an excellent listener question, thankfully, to uh, now for something totally different. Um, So uh, anyway, so Kat, who um, messaged us in a DM, so I won't share her whole name in case she would prefer that I not to, um, that I not, uh, asked us a really, really cool question. Um, And apparently it's a uh, she she talks a little bit about herself as being not Jewish, being Australian. There are, by the way, many not not many. There are some Australian Jews. Um, she is Christian. She's a pastor's kid. She says, definitely not a Jew. <laughs> um, she says, but I love your podcast. Thanks, Kat. You guys, you're fabulous. Okay. Um, but um, her question is, is this okay? Um, should a non-Jew be interested in slash concerned about Jewish demons? Um she says, it's not just demons, of course. I think there's something deeper and more compelling in these teachings, but it wouldn't be the same without the demons. We agree. Um, thanks for all your work. And she has a follow-up question. Um, are there particular shading that she should be specially worried about as a non-Jew? So, first of all, Kat, you are awesome. Thank you for listening. Thank you for submitting your wonderful question. Um, and uh, Alan, any thoughts on... Cat's curiosity about Jewish demons and whether or perhaps to what degree she should be worried about demons, uh, you know, going after her. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, first of all, thank you, Cat. Wonderful, wonderful question. Um, too good. The question is too good is my answer. Ooh, ooh, um, gold star for Cat. Here's the thing. <laughs> I have to be extremely careful about how I answer this question. Do you? Yes, because... um, Because it's being recorded forever and it will live for eternity online? That's part of it. Yeah. Okay. Um, Let's start with, should somebody who's not Jewish be interested in slash concerned about shading? Mm-hmm. if you want to be interested in it, absolutely. By all means, no problem with that. Yes. Share our podcast with your friends. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> concerned. Um, I think it's prudent. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Why not? Why not just worry <laughs> about all the things? Because really, <laughs> then you'll be prepared for everything. <laughs> Neurosis didn't hurt please, anybody, right? Please yeah. don't just kidding. do that. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Better um, living through Jewish demonology, yeah, right. <laughs> not more paranoid living. Right. Yes. He, he, here's here's the thing that's really going on is, um, it's not the job of the non-Jew to worry about it right now. What's, what the job is the, is the problem of the of of us of the Jewish people teaching mm-hmm. it, um, because we have. Actually, so there's there's uh, a Gemara in Masechet Sanhedrin. Okay. Um, Tess Ahmed Aleph. Okay, somewhere in the Talmud of um, uh, Tractate Sanhedrin, a. which has a lot to do with um, laws and courts and things sure. like that. Um, anybody who so it, it, long story short, it is not okay 
for Jews to teach Torah to non-Jews. What? Hold on, because that's not the end of the story. <laughs> Better um, not be. You do have to be careful. That eventually, I'll, just, I'll, I'll do the fast version. It's, it ends up becoming not just, uh, it's not uh, Torah, that's Torah Shabbat Shabbat, the Chumash, the, the Sefer Torah, that stuff. Okay. That's okay. Written Torah. Written Torah, correct. Torah Shabbat Right, yeah. written Torah. It becomes Torah Shabbat Peh, which is oral Torah. Uh-huh. That's the stuff that's not okay. That's the problematic part. Okay. Then it gets changed again. The oral Torah, by the way, is also written, which is delightfully confusing. Okay. It, it, well, no, it isn't. It isn't. I just whatever. It isn't. It isn't. But okay. The Talmud is the oral Torah, and there are the books part, you can buy. It's, it's actually relevance, right? So part of the thing about the written, the oral Torah, which is written, is that it can't be learned properly unless somebody teaches it to you, which can only be done orally. Yeah. And that's it, it, very true. Right. Yeah. So, um, so that, okay. Okay. We've established that. Um, that gets changed anyway later to just the secretive parts of the Torah. Wait, so who um, says you can't, who says you can't do this stuff? Um, so it starts, starts in the Gemara in Sanhedrin and it goes into, uh, there's okay. other Gemaras that actually specify even within the Gemara itself, within the Talmud itself. Uh-huh. Um, and then later, Later uh, understandings come, uh, which what, what I'm about to say is about the secretive parts of the Torah. Uh-huh. Um, the parts that's, well, frankly, Shadim are involved in. Yeah, right. Um, um, and, uh, but it's not specifically the Shadim. We're talking about a lot of the sources that we do mention here on this podcast. Yeah, like the Zohar, for instance. The, Correct. One of the main mystical texts is not something that, that's not something we're not supposed to be like just trotting out and, and teaching to our Christian well, buddies or okay. our Muslim buddies or right. So, no is the short answer. Oh. We're not supposed to be teaching that Oops. to the non-Jews. Okay, specifically. However, I think it's I. I would say that when we put this podcast together, it was not certainly my intention or your intention <laughs> that we would have an audience of non-Jews that would even be interested in non-Jewish in in shadim in Jewish demonology. Uh-huh. Um, and. Uh, you know, while we are very uh, excited and very welcoming to any non-Jews who want to listen to our podcast, that is not my intended I audience think it's super cool. for this. It is cool, yeah. but it's not my intended audience for this podcast. Uh-huh. So you're saying all this to cover our tushes. Basically, but basically saying our intention was not to break these halachas or minhag or whatever, these guidelines laid out in the Talmud that Jews are not supposed to be teaching all this secret stuff to the non-Jews. But then we also like are doing a podcast that is publicly available to whoever wants to listen to it. Which there is plenty. There are plenty of podcasts uh, very similar to this, including you know that are publicly available, yeah. including the secretive kinds of Torah. Right. Um, th- For that, sure. That 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 there's this idea that because we are living in the time right before the coming of the Mashiach, mm. which we Jews believe the Mashiach has not come yet, uh-huh. um, uh, that we should be learning more of these esoteric texts. Mm-hmm. Um, Mashiach is Messiah, by the way. Messiah, right. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, that's one, one part of it. Okay. If you are not Jewish and you are listening to these podcasts and you are finding meaning in them and you're finding that you are living better, etc. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, awesome. Share <laughs> our know? podcast with your friends. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> um, okay. Tweet us at Throwing Shade. And then the last part of her question, are there specific Shadim um, 
that she should be worried about. Is that what the question yes. is? Are there particular shading I should be specially worried about as a non-Jew? Um, I do not think so, but I do not know. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 maybe, maybe she stumped me. Maybe we need to do an episode on that. Ooh. You because got a gold star cat and you stumped Alan. <laughs> you and I are buddies. This right. is great. I don't know. I mean, I, I want to say, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't say anything. Let's, maybe we should just do okay. an episode. Well, on you it. know what? I think we'll, we'll put that lens on a little bit as we move forward in our, in our studies of Shady and see what we come up with. So, um, so first of all, Kat, thank you so much for sending us that question. I, I think it was really, um, like brave and cool of you to send it. Yes. And, thank you. Um, and to all of our listeners, thank you for listening <laughs> and um, send in your questions. We would love to tackle them. We don't know all the things, but we enjoy finding new things out and hearing people's perspectives on all of this stuff. So tweet us at Throwing Shade um, and we will be happy to tackle your question in another episode. And uh, yeah, thanks again, Kat. And thanks, Alan, for um, taking a crack at, uh. a, <laughs> at a really <laughs> tough, sensitive question. Um but uh, I think you did okay, right? I hope so. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how many of our non-Jewish listeners we've turned off at this point. Right. We right. love you all. You're such rock stars. Okay. <laughs> Shade throwers, we are coming to the end of our time, which y'all know what that means. We're going to do an action item to take us out. Alan, do you have something for us this week? Not enough pressure on me this <laughs> week. This is, um, <laughs> it's your time to shine, my dear. Yeah. All right. Um, this uh, very controversial episode. Yeah. <laughs> in every direction. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, one theme. That, oh, my God. Your excitement theme. is just <laughs> rippling through you and washing over me. And um, yeah. <laughs> you, go ahead. All right. Give the people um, an action item give the people an action item yeah it seems like one theme that's come up a couple of times in this episode is uh things get confusing or weird or like they might get hard uh one option is to flee from the world Mm. one option is to say i would rather take this thing which i you know um seems scary Mm. um then do the thing that I know is scary, hmm. right? Um, I would like to suggest that um, our action item be uh, take the brave route, take the route that Cat took, take the route of you know when when things aren't sure, aren't you know um, Hashem should uh, should bench us that we should have Hashem on our consciousness, Jew, non-Jew, doesn't matter when you have. Hashem in your life, then um, it should be the kind of thing that makes us a little bit braver mm-hmm. and uh, in the face of confusion and adversity. Mm-hmm. I like that. It's hard to be brave, you know, the, uh, and, and learning how. And I, I, I also just want to say that I think like there's um, sometimes running away is the brave thing to do. <laughs> Like, it's hard to tell sometimes, like, which is the brave right course to to take. Um, but, like, considering those options and 
No one to hold them, no one to fold them. <laughs> Said the prophet. Right. <laughs> no one to walk away, no one to run. What song am I quoting? Okay. The it's gambler. been fun, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> As we tell our kids before they go off to school every day, be brave, be kind, ask a good question. Right? Okay. <laughs> I totally, Can we be done now? <laughs> totally usurped your action item. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Shade throwers, you are gorgeous and awesome. We will see you next time. We'll not see you. We will talk at you next time on another edition of Throwing Shade. Better living through Jewish <laughs> demonology. Don't give me that look. <laughs>